What's happening, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of The John Lovell Show. Today, we're diving into the subject, would you join the military? More specifically, would I join the military in our crazy 2023 dystopian future? We look left and right and realize we are smack dab in the middle of just a dystopian chaos. That's what I think. And so would I join now? Now, for those of you who don't know me well, know I was in the military once upon a time, but that military is gone. That no longer exists, and now we have a completely different kind of military running on a different kind of fuel. And so it's to that I want to lean in. Now, some of you guys are military members. Some of you at least know somebody who is in the military, so all of us have some stake in the game. If you love America and you would like to see her defended, we got to figure out what in the world that we really do think on this. Now, I've had private thoughts, and I'm going to give full vent to that and enumerate a bunch of different uh, reasons for the answer that I'm about to give you. But before I jump in anymore, I want to recognize that I think having a military is absolutely essential because we will have future very dangerous and real foreign threats, not proxy wars, not wars that we drum up for some leftist agenda, uh, but there's going to be real foreign threats. Nobody ever thinks that's going to happen in their lifetime, but our parents saw a, a, a major war. Uh, our grandparents did, our great-grandparents would, and we've seen the global war on terrorism drag on and on. Our sons and daughters will face a major foreign war, war as well. And so it is behoove of all of us to be ready with a military that's able to actually defend that. With that, I'm going to go ahead and say welcome to the John Lovell Show. We'll jump right in. Here's our title package. Today's shameless plug is our own website. Guys, make sure you check out warriorpoetsociety.com. It's got all these amazing things. It's just dude central there. It's curated boutique, all the goodies of backpacks and belts and knives and holsters and body armor. We also just added vault handgun safes. So I travel all the time. And when I do so, I put my gun in one of these bad boys. If you don't have a good carry safe that you can check in your bag when you travel, you should go ahead and get something like this. Also, we have all kinds of new t-shirt designs. I'm wearing one of these. This is our high-speed death chest t-shirt. Make sure you check it out. We appreciate you supporting the brand, rocking our colors. And without that, shameless plug is now complete and we're getting into our major topic. All right, welcome back to the question at hand. Would I join the military today? Nope. That's hard pass. Absolutely not. I would absolutely not join the military. Now, this is particularly interesting to me. It's a difficult question to answer because I wouldn't do it myself, but I've got a son who really wants to be in the military. How will I counsel him? And, and that's like a dream. Now, he wants to join in the Air Force, which is barely the military. Let's let's be honest. Air Force almost doesn't. That's not true at all. Some of you are like, how dare you? I mean, it's a joke, bro. It's a jo- easy there, killer. Air Force counts. Barely. <laughs> but he's still... I couldn't, I couldn't help myself, Ben. I couldn't Dude, help myself. <laughs> I started to apologize. Counts. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can be a man and join the Army or be a woman and join the Air Force. <laughs> so I guess if he's going to go into any branch of the military, I'd rather it be the Air Force. But man, I want to be real careful of what doors I slam in the face of my son. Maybe that's that's an innate calling. Maybe he's going to go and be a, a great fighter pilot or do whatever he wants to do. And I want to prepare him 
to pursue whatever path he chooses without uh, without shutting that and pressing him into what I think that he should do for his life. I want to prepare him for whatever he decides to do with his life, and my job is to get him ready. And so, man alive. But here are some of my thoughts. Here's a, a list of reasons why I would not personally join the military now. Uh, one is I don't want to engage in unworthy conflicts. Now, I'm a former Army Ranger, and I remember well the 1993 Mogadishu-Somalia conflict. This is where, to pull the attention off uh, Bill Clinton and all the scandal that was surrounding them, they wanted a quick, decisive military win, and they thought they could find it in Mogadishu. Now, I say I remember it. I remember hearing about it. That was really before my time. I was a global war on terrorism guy, but I am friends with folks that were boots on the ground in Mogadishu, Somalia. And it's a great example of what happens when politicians force military commanders to enact a mission in very, very poor circumstances. And the results were, frankly, catastrophic. Not to take anything away from the the soldiers who fought bravely there, but really, they shouldn't have been engaging that without all the uh, different uh, types of uh, support, which should have been done. It was a daylight. It was on thinner intel, no real exit strategy, and things went really, really sideways. And so when politicians force these military missions through, it can have catastrophic uh, results and so unworthy conflicts. Would I go and fight in the Ukraine right now? Would I go? Would I go do that? Do I really believe in that? Anyway, a whole lot. I don't want to get sidelined. If I start talking about Ukraine, that's all I'll be able to do. But I am not ready to give my life into Ukraine. That's not a thing. Now, a year or two ago, based on the information we had there. Some of my brothers actually did go over, and based on what they knew at the time, now I am a little bit wiser to what's going on there, and I recognize there is all kinds of backdoor political reasons that we may be there, socioeconomic reasons that were there that's not just fighting for world uh, diplomacy and democracy. That's not all that's going on there, and I don't want to spend my life utterly. So number one— unworthy conflicts. I don't want to join the military right now because I do not believe in our commander-in-chief's ability to use the military and our lives, frankly, for worthy causes only. Uh, Secondarily, woke games. Diversity, equity, and inclusion training is now being thrust down the throats of all kinds of soldiers, and special operations is not immune to this. I'm talking to all kinds of different buddies in range battalion or SEALs or special forces, and they're having to deal with all this kind of anti-racist training that's going on, and instead of just focusing on being the best soldiers possible, to be able to close distance with the enemy, shoot, move, communicate, and overwhelm a force with superior tactics and weapons employment and strategy— Instead, we're using massive amounts of time and resources to make a woke social experiment, which our soldiers are not at liberty to turn down. That is really dangerous. Not only that it it, it completely erodes our ability for military readiness, but it also starts focusing our soldiers' minds not on defending America, but on hating America. And that's what a lot of these policies do. It's America bashing. Now, here's a reason why this is exceptionally pernicious for the American soldier. If a military is trained to hate America, if our military starts hating America, eventually that same military will be used to be mobilized against America. 
If our military hates America, eventually our military will be mobilized against America. And now tyrants will conveniently say you are defending democracy when you overthrow the old order. Though they swore an oath to defend the Constitution, they're actually overthrowing the Constitution by enacting these woke, progressive, ideologically charged warfare against everything that we used to hold valuable. That's number two. I don't want to play woke games. The third thing is vaccine stuff. I never got the experimental vaccine. I'm not ever going to. Uh, I did get COVID, doing pretty well against COVID. I don't know what they're cooking up in a lab for me next, and I will just suspend judgment. I'll keep my eyes open, my ears open, and I will trust my own experience, my own eyes, uh, my own intellect to be able to make good decisions and not blindly uh, trust the science TM. Uh, which is thrust on me. But that right there, because I will not uh, take an experimental vaccine, I would immediately not be allowed to enjoy it. Anyway, so really, this is this is a pointless issue for me to talk about at all. Would I join? No, they wouldn't let me. Even if I said, I want to join, they'll say, will you get this? I'll say, no. You know, you know, John, there's, there's something, because here's the deal. You did get some vaccinations when you joined the army. And so yeah. I, as a guy like me, it's like, but you did get those. So what makes COVID different? Speak towards that for everyone. I, give us clarity on why you got certain shots, but you're against the, I, You might have already said why. Sure. But that's a counter I've seen. What do you mean you don't want to join now? You already got your body full of shots, bro. Right. I was a human pincushion. I, I got like fully uh, vaccinated against anthrax and all kinds of stuff. They yeah. didn't even tell me what I was getting. I was a human pincushion. But the problem is, is I know a good bit about this vaccine. Now, all of us do. And the vaccine injuries that have happened for the COVID shot specifically, the vaccine injuries are extremely dangerous. They may very well kill you. And if you put together the vaccine injuries that have happened from all of our vaccines, Versus just COVID. The COVID one is by far worse than all the other vaccines put together. That's incredible. That Even is Even more than anthrax and all those things? All of it. Oh all of it. Gosh. COVID is, 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 is terrible. And the CDC has since doctored all kinds of stuff. And the White House got uh, hit up along with all kinds of three-letter agencies because they were burying uh, the... Uh, Side effects? Yeah, the proliferation of all these vaccine injuries. Uh, all of our justice departments and all these different three-letter agencies were hitting big tech with a forced censorship of vaccine injury. So if you immediately started speaking out against it, my sister, who's a stay-at-home homeschool mom, she got censored simply because she's married to my brother-in-law, obviously. She's married to a doctor. My, the doctor didn't say anything, but based on what they knew of his values, they went ahead and, uh, and this was the time in Jack Dorsey uh, yeah. uh, Twitter, yeah. uh, they immediately um, suspended both of their accounts preemptively. So just through affiliation? Yeah. Through so aff my, my sister posted uh, like a link to the CDC website right. and then had some commentary on like, hey, this looks pretty bad. And she was shut down for that. Uh, okay. And then they went ahead and canceled uh, her doctor husband who hadn't tweeted in a very long yep. time, yep. hadn't even weighed in on this. Well, and so they were doing incredible stuff to crush any type of scientific uh, check, any type of narrative against this. And so we know a lot about the vaccine. Now, I'm not here to castigate any of you guys who got the shot or not. You, you, have, the, you have the option. I chose not to. And because 
uh, their policy is, is you have to have the vaccine and I'm not going to get it. Even if I desperately wanted to join the military, they would not let me. What a terrible decision by by the Department of Defense, because they're going to lose a lot of great young warfighters simply because of this very ill, yeah. ill-chosen Yeah, and policy. the only conclusion I can come to with that is they don't actually really care about uh, defending America from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Instead, they uh, are far more concerned with remaking America in a new progressive oh. way. Okay. And so the military is a place where you can cram that down on them. They have no choice. It's a, it's a petri dish for all the ideological things that they would like to thrust on the American populace, but they're not unable to. Uh, and so, no, uh, I'm here to fight wars, not to be your hostage in woke games. And so, nope, that, that, would, uh, uh, that would do me in. Number four is bureaucracy. I ended up getting out of range of battalion uh, for a few different reasons. One is I did five tours and I got burned out. I I was just exhausted. It was a special operations driven war. And I was in an early global war on terrorism where we were literally doing missions every single night. And we'd keep that up for months. Uh, It just continuous operations. And so it's a lot different in the beginning of GWAT, those first formative years versus later on in GWAT. Uh, so they were just using us up and, and rotating the different range of battalions. Uh, just you're in country, in theater, you're on deck, or you're in the hole, and you're constantly rotating in and out. Now, some folks have had it much harder. I'm just saying, uh, for our unit, I watched my whole platoon, all of our senior non-commissioned officers uh, and squad leaders, everyone, in, in just a, a few short years after being highly, highly used up in the global war on terrorism, they all just bounced. They all just got out. And eventually I did too. I had other stuff that I wanted to do, but uh, it was not just I was tired of war. It was the bureaucracy. And even in Ranger Battalion, where we had all kinds of autonomy, I was second bat, which meant we were away from regimental headquarters, which was in Georgia. I was stationed all the way out in Washington State. So we got away with all kinds of stuff that the other Ranger Battalions uh, weren't uh, being able to get away with. But even so, some of the silly bureaucracy... I'm just allergic to it, you know, to be constrained by any type of regulatory stupidity. I just I just break out into hives. I have an anaphylactic reaction to silly, stupid bureaucracy. I don't play the games. I've always had uh, a deviance against that kind of thing. Uh, Do it because this is what we do. You know, it's kind of like I I never, ever, even when I was first joining the military— uh, able to wrap my head around why uh, marching and formation and shining my boots, which makes your boots easier targets. You know, like whew, it's like a mirror held up. Uh, how in the world does that translate into any combat effectiveness? And the answer is it doesn't. Now, uh, the case could be made of like, no, 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 you, you're missing the point, John. It breeds discipline. I'm like, well, yeah, let's let's still formulate discipline, but let's do it in ways that aren't stupid. Let's do it in a way so that we're not all these shiny, spiffy soldiers. I'm like, no, let's get grisly, asymmetric, war-fighting pipe hitters ready to defend. I'm like, I I, I want y'all grizzled and trained and dangerous. So let's set ourselves apart through discipline, through physical training, through uh, rifle pistol skills through land navigation, through medical. Let, let us gain discipline through combat effective means. 
You can build discipline in a whole host of different ways. Why in the world is blousing my boots just spick and span helping me in any way? And it's not. And so that's just a little microcosm of some of my early pains. Now, eventually, you kind of got to pay to play no matter what job you ever get into. There's a certain amount of that silliness and stupidity. I just particularly am built in such a way that I have a hard time with it. And the more of that stuff that gets replicated, the harder uh, of a, a, a problem I have. I remember a dude overseas. Um, he was a uh, man in a Maudeuse 50 cal, real world. We're on a real security uh, perimeter. And it was either our sergeant major or a first sergeant had him get down out of the turret to blouse his boots. I'm like, that's ugh, so stupid. That's so stupid. It's little stuff like that. Now, again, I feel a little spoiled because Ranger Battalion, we really had far more lax standards in every single uh, area uh, of that kind of silliness than the rest of the military. But Still, I remember getting into primary leadership and development courses, it was called back then. That, that's how you can get your sergeant stripes. Uh, and I went from Ranger Battalion, where it was really, hey, let the best idea win. It's not just follow the orders. Yeah, that's true when you're a private, but really you put all your heads together as a fire team or a squad or a platoon or even a company, and you figure out, let's figure out how to win this chess match. And the best idea oftentimes could win. But as soon as you just force something through, of this is the way we're doing it, and it may be stupid, but this is how we're going to do it. I'm like, oh, I just couldn't handle that stuff. And so even in my day, once upon a time, I struggled with certain amounts of bureaucracy. And now I know it is wildly worse, even in Ranger Bat, even in the special operations community, some of this bureaucracy has run rampant. And it really is an ax at the root of the tree of combat effectiveness. You stifle the creative powers of soldiers. Uh, you inhibit their ability to think creatively and solve problems moment to moment on a battlefield when you demoralize them with do this stupid thing because that's how we do it. I'm like, nope, that's not an answer. That's not good enough for these type of uh, highly intelligent, creative problem solvers that can continue uh, to push the needle in a gunfight or preparing for a gunfight uh, when everything is going wrong, when fear is encroaching. They can continue to do that. And so, uh, man, bureaucracy drove me up the wall. And since I struggled with it once upon a time, I would certainly struggle far worse uh, now, I always say of like my temperament, the way I'm built, I would not have done very well in the regular army. Perhaps I would have been such a thorn in the side of commanders. I never would have even gained rank. I never would have been able to excel because I was so demoralized and beleaguered by stupidity. I wouldn't have been able to get up on plane and be successful. Whereas the autonomy that I was given in special operations allowed me to be able to perform at a very high level and do very, very well. And so I've kind of like, I, I, I would have done well in Ranger Battalion and very poorly in the big army. And so that's just how I'm wired. There you go. Bureaucracy uh, would be another reason why I would not join. Number five, uh, some folks will say, well, I want to serve my country. And that impulse out there with uh, many of you guys is a strong one. I'd like to pause on that impulse and say, way to go. That says something really cool and awesome about you. A lot of you guys would be like, some of you didn't serve, and you're like, man, I really wanted to serve my country. A lot of you guys, that'll be your biggest regret. I should have done that. I wish I could have served my country, is what you guys say to me uh, all the time. And I say that impulse is a selfless one, oftentimes, usually, at least the kernel of that, or the husk, 
that is a selfless type thing. And uh, to be wanting to sacrifice for a higher good that's beyond you, that's really good. And so I want to be like, you guys are my kind of people. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. But I would say, if you want to serve your country, there is a lot of different ways that you can serve your country. Truly. It's not just a cop-out. It's not just something I'm saying. It's something I really believe. You want to really serve your country in 2023, where so much is going wrong. You want to serve your fellow man? Uh, become a public school teacher. You know, I don't think you should put your kids in public school. I've, I've been very vocal about that. I don't want to put my kids there, but I would like you to be public school teachers. And I want you to go find a way to redeem that institution of power that's been overrun by Marxism. Now, go find a way to redeem that. Now, I don't know if you'll last very long in, in that environment. Certain public schools are far better than other ones, but take back some ground, bro. Serve your fellow man in that capacity. Be a coach. Be a good coach and help instill some intestinal fortitude into the young men under your care. Teach them what it's like to be men. Uh, I think most young boys growing up in America right now do not have a father in their home right now. And a coach, though can't be a replacement, they can certainly be a stopgap. They can certainly help dramatically. I vividly remember my very first wrestling coach. He left an indelible mark on me, which I still carry to this day and I'm uh, forever indebted to him. I have a, I have a debt of gratitude uh, to that first coach who really helped me find elements of myself and then develop. Uh, I walked through the fire. I went through awful pain and suffering and determination and focus and all these different attributes, which were far more important to my success as a man and in my future vocation than almost any of my subjects I was learning in school would of like that was in incredibly important life skills that I developed on the wrestling mat under a good masculine dude that was helping me push the envelope. That was more important to me uh, than a lot of the classes that I was teaching. It was interesting. There's schooling and there's education and with a good coach in wrestling. That was amazing education. A lot of schooling is just wasting time. Uh, either way, you must have an education. Schooling may be a part of that. And I don't want to, of course, undermine the idea of literature and grammar, rhetoric, logic, any of that. No, of course, learn that. But I wasn't learning a lot in that in school. I learned that outside of my formal academia setting. Uh, you can serve your country as a teacher, as a coach. You could run for public office. Uh, you could pastor and uh, pastor a church and actually have a spine, have a backbone, uh, to be able to read God's word and deliver the mail without kowtowing, without bowing uh, to the social pressures that uh, aim to muzzle and censor you. You could do that. That would be a great, uh, great service to your fellow man. You could be an EMS, right? That would be a great service to your fellow man. You could be a journalist. Journalism died. There's this huge hole right now for the citizen journalist to rise up. And the advent of social media means you don't have to have some huge news organization backing you. It could be just you and a cell phone doing good investigative journalism. Bring it back. We desperately need it. It would be a wonderful, wonderful form of activism. You could be an activist. You know, Second Amendment advocacy. That's a real uh, First Amendment advocacy. Right? You could do all kinds of things uh, to serve your fellow man 
uh, other than join the military. Now, I say all of that and say, I wouldn't join it. Here's my reasons why. But I'd also like to kind of wrap up this discussion on if you have a heart burden calling into the military, I don't want to dissuade you from that. Uh, I, I, I think maybe you should lean into that more. Uh, take what I've said with a grain of salt, consider it, know what you're signing up for and go anyway, because we actually still do need military members in service uh, that can look at woke commanders and say, no, absolutely not, and take them to task uh, and, uh, and be a, a force for good. Soldiers are going to face deadly conflicts and they need training, good real world training more than ever. And a lot of what's happening uh, precludes them from being able to do that because they're studying all this woke stuff instead. And so they still need readiness, right? And so you could be that. And so if you are called, if you feel that heartburn for the military, I don't want to dissuade you. In fact, I'll give you a big thumbs up and say, rock on, man. I just want you to go in with your eyes wide open. So not to dissuade you, but to just arm you and inform you. Uh, I would say, Roger that, bro. Uh, power on. For all you guys listening in on the podcast, we will say goodbye to you now. We still have Hot Topics with Ben Q and Ambush in our dad jokes section. Uh, I will go ahead and say today answered some really, really exciting questions. So for you guys listening in, make sure you go over to watchwpsn.com and sign up. That's watchwpsn.com. You sign up there, and then after that, you can download us on the app. I would really appreciate your support. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will see you next time.